Before you respond to high egg prices by starting your own coop, you should understand the germ risk. The CDC warns that backyard chickens can harbor salmonella bacteria on their bodies and in their waste. And the germs can spread to the areas around their living spaces and onto a person's hands, clothes, or shoes. In 2022, backyard poultry were linked to at least 225 salmonella hospitalizations and two deaths. One CDC epidemiologist put it this way to CNN, quote, Don't kiss or snuggle your backyard poultry. But what if it were just a peck? This is Pulse Check. I'm Lauren Gardner. An early analysis of a late-stage clinical trial for Moderna's respiratory syncytial virus vaccine in older adults suggests the shot is highly effective. The shot met its primary endpoint in adults 60 and older, with 83.7% efficacy against cases of RSV in the lower respiratory tract presenting with at least two symptoms. RSV is a mild virus in healthy adults, but can cause severe illness in older adults and babies. Moderna plans to file for FDA approval of the vaccine in the first half of 2023. Drug makers are calling on the UK government to eliminate a new tax hike on brand name medicine sales, warning it will spur generic and biologics manufacturers to pull out of the market. The 2023 tax rate was set at 26.5% of branded drug sales for companies with government contracts, increased from a rate that was 15% in 2022 and 5% in 2021. The makers of copycat versions of pricier branded drugs with expired patents argue that, without the large profit margins enjoyed by Big Pharma, some of their British operations would no longer be viable. And Ben Leonard is here to chat about his conversation with Senator Mark Warner, who was hoping to introduce legislation soon to bolster healthcare organizations' defenses. Hey, Ben, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you did some reporting on potential new legislation from Senator Mark Warner on healthcare cybersecurity. But let's take a step back. Why are there so many people concerned about this issue? Zooming out here, the healthcare is becoming a lot more digitized, you know, electronic health records. So much more is in patient portals and so much more of your health data is in apps that could be on your phone, might not necessarily be covered by HIPAA, reproductive health apps or weight loss apps, things like that. A lot of healthcare data is going online and that makes it more vulnerable. So we've seen in the past few years an explosion in hacking. For example, in 2016, about a third of data breached that was reported to HHS was from hacking. And by 2021, it became three quarters. Oh, wow. So hacking is really up and the amount of people being impacted is really up. About 50 million people were impacted last year, according to preliminary estimates that I ran the other day. So it's really becoming a big problem that's affecting a lot of people. It's about a sixth of Americans that have been impacted Mm -hmm. in the last year alone. So it's really becoming a big issue, and a lot of people are trying to address it. So so what exactly is the senator planning on this legislatively? So he's planning this quarter to introduce a some sort of cybersecurity legislation. We're not totally sure all of the details yet, but what we do know is that he wants HHS to have some sort of senior leader. Right now, authority spread out across a lot of different agencies, cabinets, cabinet members. There's a lot of different cooks in the kitchen here. (laughs) So he says, you know, because of that, no one's really owning the response. And he thinks that HHS should have one kind of senior leader to help 
lead the response. He said it also could be elevated even to a White House to kind of give it more juice with other secretaries. So that's one thing that it looks like Warner is probably going to include in this. And then also he has floated and says that Congress should act to kind of mandate minimum levels of cybersecurity protections could be potentially tied to Medicare reimbursements, um, you know, certain levels of cybersecurity protections. So those are kind of the two big buckets that we discussed and that could be included. He issued a larger report in November that asked for feedback and discussed a lot of other issues. He said, big picture, patients' lives are at risk right now because of cybersecurity flaws in healthcare. Hmm. Uh, so has HHS opined on this at all? Do they want expanded authority or a new office or a new czar of, of sorts on this issue? They have been asking for more funding for their Office for Civil Rights, which is the office that deals with data breaches. And mm. they sort of have an interesting role in all this because it's sort of a dual role. They are supposed to be helping healthcare organizations kind of protect against cyber threats while also punishing those that have breaches and don't have enough security in place. Oh, that so, is interesting. Yeah, and they have a pretty small budget and they don't have enough investigators, they say, to kind of handle the caseload that's been exploding over the years. So they have been looking for more resources in this space, but didn't, haven't commented specifically on this proposal. So I know we don't know details yet in terms of what this would look like, if it's a big package, smaller bills. But just generally speaking, prospects for legislation this year, we're heading into a presidential election season. Congress, control of Congress is now split between the two parties. What are the chances here of something like this actually moving forward? So, uh, yeah, obviously, as you said, you know, con divided Congress right now. And we saw some of the chaos in the House in, in recent weeks with the speaker vote. Um, it will be pretty tough for legislation to move uh, in this Congress. But um, cybersecurity is a pretty fairly bipartisan issue, especially coming from someone like Mark Warner, who chairs the Intelligence Committee and is a pretty big leader on healthcare cybersecurity. So um, this definitely has more chances than someone else, I would think. He said that he's worked with uh, Senator Bill Cassidy, mm. uh, the ranking member of the Senate Help Committee, on things before. Uh, that would be a key partner if he's able to land that and to help this kind of move forward. Mm -hmm. So big picture, I think this would seem to have decent chances at first glance, but depends on the details and kind of how it moves. He said he's open to kind of how it looks depending on what can move also too. So it could be a larger package. It could be, you know, a few smaller pieces that move. It just depends on how it shakes out. Mm -hmm. Kind of whatever seems like it has the, the most legs to get it to move forward. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He said he's going to be spending a lot of time on the floor. Gotcha. Has there been any industry reaction so far to just this general idea of there being some sort of minimum cybersecurity requirements for healthcare organizations? Yeah. So when Warner put out this report uh, last year, he got some responses from organizations, including Chime and the AHA, the American Hospital Association. And they've said in some cases they would prefer to see incentives instead of mandates. You know, they point to healthcare organizations don't always have the most resources and have been battling COVID and a bunch of other issues. Mm -hmm. And they think that incentives may work better than mandates. And that's sort of what they're pushing for there. What kind of incentives? So, for example, the AHA has pushed for sort of a safe harbor that would be for healthcare organizations. Say they implement certain security measures that could be kind of shielded, get some immunity from some consequences. You know, some people have argued in this in this sort of vein that these healthcare organizations are already the victim when they've been attacked and it mm -hmm. would just be sort of blaming the victim to do anything more. 
and Chime in their proposal has just said that they favor policy lovers, quote, policy lovers that involve incentives over sort of like penalty and punitive structures. All right. Well, thanks, Ben, for walking through that with us. Of course. Thanks for having me. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese is our producer. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Lauren Gardner. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters, where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.